the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here with you for hour two on this fine Kind of rainy Monday. Maybe it's even snowing where you are. Supposed to get some more snow here in Southern California later this week. How often have we ever said that? Supposed to get some more snow here in Southern California. Usually we qualify it by saying in the mountains. Most of it's in the mountains. I'm looking forward to the clouds going away and just getting a glimpse at how white the mountains will look with all the snow. Lower than usual, I think, over the last uh, several years. We've seen it before, but it's been a while. Welcome to the show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Question for you. Did you go and see Jesus Revolution this weekend? And um, what do you think? What was your what was your input about it? Did you bring a friend? Did you bring someone who's not a Christian? Did you do that? Um, let us know. 888-528-2557. Would love to hear your thoughts about uh, that movie. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You know, something great is happening, I think, with that movie. It was, uh, it did $15.5 million, $15.8 million is what it's saying right now, uh, which is more than twice what it was expected to do. There are people who, who uh, you know, predict what it's going to do in these kinds of things in the movie, uh, and um, it did more than twice what people expected. And I think that's great news. I think that there's a lot more interest in this movie than what a lot of people say. If you are somebody who goes online, it's been trending on Twitter uh, most of the day, the uh, Jesus Revolution, lots of people making comments, almost all of it positive. It's still trending. I just went on there just now. Uh, Jesus Revolution, one of the uh, the largest things trending. I think it's impacting people. Uh, this movie. Maybe not exactly what they thought it would be. Maybe it's something that, um, you know, if you if you brought somebody to it who isn't uh, hasn't been to Christian movies, or maybe they've been to some, they're excited about the quality of it. I think that Kelsey Grammer was great in this movie. Um, and, you know, there there's something to it that is really good. I've been watching some videos and, and things that people post online about it. Um, when I watched the audio, was pretty bad, but the, the movie breaks in the middle of the movie. Something happens to the projector, I guess. It's not film anymore, so it's not like the film broke. It's, you know, something happened to the projector. And a woman gets up and just starts sharing the gospel and say, hey, this is what this movie's about, and maybe you came here and you're exploring your faith or you're doing... And the theater broke out into a prayer meeting where they started praying for people uh, to get well, praying for people's needs, praying that people would come to Christ there's some amazing stories about it. I'd love to hear what you think. 888-528-2557. And, you know, it's, uh, it's by the way, it's a movie that you're going to be able to see for a while, I th- think initially. So I've been, I've been encouraging people to go uh, for a couple of reasons, mainly because of the movie and stuff. We did not beat, uh, by we, I mean the Jesus Revolution fans, which I am, uh, did not beat Cocaine Bear. 
Uh, but I think that's an accurate uh, description of our, our country right now. Cocaine Bear was the other movie that released this weekend. Uh, so the top movie was Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, which did $32 million, although that was down from $160 million the last weekend. I guess it's the biggest drop for a Marvel movie in one weekend. Uh, and I haven't seen it. What my experience is with kind of some of these Marvel movies uh, the last few years is that if it seems to have a, a uh, an agenda to it, a political agenda, it bombs badly. And if it doesn't, such as the last Spider-Man one, which I thought was really good and it had a hilarious youth pastor joke in it, um, it does super well. And I think it's a message there. Cocaine Bear, I don't know anything about that movie other than the title, and it's probably either really hilarious or really terrible. Uh, it did $23.3 million. But here's, the, here's, I think, the good news. Uh, fourth was uh, Avatar, The Way of the Water. That's a movie I don't understand at all because nobody my, – my theory is it's just the weirdest thing. I never see or hear anybody talk about Avatar. I don't see, like, Avatar stuff anywhere. Nobody came to my door in Halloween dressed as an Avatar person, and yet it's the highest money-making film of all time. This one has got $600 million already, and nobody talks about it. Nobody says, I just don't get it, the whole Avatar thing. It may be for another conversation, or you can send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, to explain that to me. I just don't get it. I thought the first one was a was the the technical side of it was amazing. The three D and and the visuals were incredible, but the story I thought was terrible. Um, Jesus Revolution. I don't know what the plan was, but I can tell you this: on my app where you buy tickets, initially you could only buy tickets for Jesus Revolution up until this Thursday, March second. And I think it's because they expected it to make maybe seven million dollars and then taper off and probably just go straight to your streaming services. And uh, and that's a you know it's a business that's how they try to do those and yet it did so much more now on my app it's added tickets all the way through Wednesday March eighth and I'm telling you this because I I want you to go and I want you to think about this from the terms of it being a tool for you to use uh, to start a conversation about Jesus with people in your life and I think it's an excellent tool for that. And then I've noticed that it comes back on March 31st, and I can get tickets up until the 6th, so for another week. And I heard Pastor Greg Laurie, who is, um, the movie's about his life uh, and his coming to faith in, in some ways. Uh, in many ways, that's what the movie is about. He's one of the main characters in it. I think he said there's another, there's five weeks uh, available with it. So I, there's going to be time, but pay attention. Don't wait. Um, think about it. And maybe if you've already seen it, have you thought about going again with your friends or going again with somebody who you might think should see this? What do you think? 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You can call me at 888-528-2557. Cindy in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Hi, Cindy. Yeah, I saw the Jesus Revolution movie over the weekend. It was awesome. And the lady next to me happened to, her mother knew Jeanette, um, who is Chuck Smith's daughter. Okay. And she brought her 16-year-old daughter with 32 friends Whoa. to celebrate her birthday. Yeah, it was awesome. So Lots the lady next to you knows knows Chuck's daughter. No, her mother did. Or her mother knows her. This is three generations. Yeah, right. Because 71, you know, was when the Jesus Revolution was. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guess what? Yeah. I, 
I went to Israel with Chuck Smith, and I was born again in Jerusalem. We went with 400 Christians. So you went, you went with Chuck Smith and you on the trip, and you weren't yet a Christian. Correct. And you got saved in Jerusalem. What, what led you to that? Yeah. Uh, I was going through a divorce. Okay. And my sister had been going to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. She said, oh, you know, I'm going to Israel. You want to come? And I said, oh, I don't know, Israel. You know, I never thought about it. And I said, well, I got the time and the money. Why not? So I went, and my mother went, too. So the three of us went with 400 Christians, and we went for three weeks. And I got to hear Revelation, because we went to the seven churches. And, uh, you know, Pastor Chuck was just exuded grace and love. You know, he's, he's, uh, the movie was fantastic. It really portrayed him and, you know, Greg's story well. And you accepted Christ and while you were in Israel. Yes, the uh, the night before I was born again. I mean, the night before I was going to be baptized in the Jordan River. The Lord just had me flash on my life, and I repented. And you know, just uh, in the night before, I was by myself in a the Hilton hotel. <laughs> huh. But I knew baptism was important because yeah. I was raised Catholic. But uh, you know, I just uh, heard the gospel clearly. So. It was just wonderful. You know, the gospel is a very simple thing when it's very clear. Yeah. Uh, well, Cindy, thank I'd you. I'd encourage everybody to go. Yeah, and uh, bring your friends, 32 friends. That uh, Maybe that's the record, maybe it isn't. Anybody bring more than 32 people? Uh, give me a call, 888-528-2557. <laughs> thank you, Cindy, for uh, calling and uh, for talking about Jesus Revolution. What would you think about Jesus Revolution if you went to see it? There's still opportunities to go see it. Uh, it's been extended in the theaters because it's doing so well. I think that is um, a positive thing. 888-528-2557. Sandy in Fullerton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Thank you. Hi, Sandy. Uh, my church, hello, my church showed it on February 13th. Okay, there so you is, saw a preview. Um, they had uh, some churches I, did the preview a few months ago, weeks ago. Yes, 10 churches, 10 churches in the whole United States, that's all. So uh, it was so awesome. I was a Mormon back then. I didn't know any of that was going on. I mm. was in like my Mormon cocoon, and it was so great to see it because I knew Greg Laurie's story, how he came to know the Lord through um, Lonnie Frisbee at his high school. So I knew that story. I have, um, but it was just so amazing just to see, you know. It's a it's a fun movie. You know what was the most yeah. inspiring part of it mm, for you? I don't know. I just think the whole thing was just so good to see how it happened when I didn't know. Yeah. So, so and, and we saw it. We saw it early so we could pray for it, and I'm so glad it's doing so well because this world needs this so bad. Yeah. So I we, was just impressed with how good it was. We do. All right, Sandy, I'm glad you enjoyed Jesus' revolution. <laughs> Thanks for calling Southern California okay. Live. You know, it's um, our previous caller um, said that she was impressed by the grace and love that she saw on her trip to Israel. It helped lead her to the Lord. And I think if you're watching this movie, something to get out of it. And I'd love to hear what you thought about Jesus Revolution if you saw it. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, is the impact of grace and love. The scene I thought 
was very powerful that really, I thought, sent a really good message was the scene where the hippies start coming to church. There's tension in the church. And I, you know, this is something I think that should be challenging for church people. There's tension in the church because uh, these people are different. And like uh, they initially said, they need a bath, right? They shouldn't be coming to church. There was the complaint from an elder at the church that we don't want these people coming because some of them are bare feet and their feet are dirty and we just bought new carpet. I wish that wasn't you know, a reputation that sometimes churches have, right? Whenever we talk about church conflict, somebody eventually brings that to some conversation about the carpet, uh, which is a thing. I mean, unfortunately, like you were not going to share Christ with somebody because they might dirty the carpet. When I uh, first took my pastorate at First Baptist, um, there was a sign in the door that said, no food or drink in the worship center. It was a brand new building, brand new carpet. And I think I had been there a week, and I had a big Starbucks mocha. I almost never get uh, the foo-foo drinks, I call them. I am almost always just black coffee. That's what I drink wherever I go somewhere. If I get a coffee, it's going to be black coffee. I almost never order a mocha or anything fancy. I just want coffee. And I, if I do order one of those things, I'm usually disappointed that I didn't get the coffee. I just love coffee. Well, anyway, for whatever reason, I had this huge mocha. I had hardly taken any of it, you know, and I spilled the entire thing in the center aisle of the brand new church. I mean, I'm the brand new pastor, and I mean, it dumped out. Now, I don't know if you've ever spilled a a mocha or that kind of chocolatey drink somewhere. Um, It leaves its mark. It does. I spilled a mocha once. Maybe this is why I don't get these fancy drinks, but uh, I spilled one in my car one time. I was driving and I spilled it. It spilled all over the place and just filled the carpet. It was everywhere. And, you know, my car for a couple of days smelled pretty good because it smelled like, you know, chocolatey wonderfulness. And then it smelled like sour milk for days. I mean, it reeked. I thought, I'm just going to leave the keys in the door and let somebody take this car. I'm never going to be able to clean it. It was just awful. Um, And I had to shampoo the carpets and everything. It was terrible. Anyway, I did. I spilled this drink and I just thought, oh my gosh, I've wrecked the the carpet. Everybody's kind of sensitive about this, or I thought that they were. Turned out, by the way, that they weren't. Uh, and, you know, it, it turned out that it started a really good conversation. They, we had some great guys who came in and they cleaned it up. You can't even tell that it was there. I was amazed that it didn't leave a mark. You couldn't see it. They cleaned it up beautifully. And then I said, you know, we have, we're handing out coffee right outside the door here. We probably shouldn't have a sign on the door that says, don't bring it inside. Uh, if like you get to church and, uh, here's a coffee, by the way, don't go inside with it. This is really not a good message. And you know what? They took it off. And I was so proud of that congregation. Um, and for saying, you know what, it's far more important to do that. Well, anyway, in the movie, I think one of these scenes that was the most powerful was there was this conversation about, we don't want to bring these hippies in because we got new carpet and their feet are dirty. Uh, And the very next time there's church was all these people lining up outside the church and Pastor Chuck was washing their feet, literally washing their feet on their way into the movie or into the church. And that moment just got me so, you know, it was just such a great gesture because the tension in the movie, I don't want to spill, you know, spoil these parts, but the tension in the movie is, are they going to fire the pastor because he's bringing these people in? which is a real problem that some pastors face out there. Um, you know, uh, I did have somebody once tell me it was the funniest thing. I was brand new, and they said, we really like the church the way it is, 
and uh, you're brand new, and you're a lot younger than our other pastors, and we figured that you're going to bring a lot of change. Uh, And we think that is really good, but we're going to probably leave the church if you do, which I thought was the funniest conversation. And then sure enough, as soon as things were very noticeably different, they left, (laughs) which I thought was super weird because they, they went to another church that was completely different. But it was like, no, they liked it their way, and then they it wasn't their way anymore, so then they left. Um, and that's one of those tensions that's there. I thought it was a beautiful thing, the washing of feet. Let me ask you this. How do we wash the feet of this generation? How do we wash the feet of those who do not feel like they are welcome in the presence of the Lord? 888-528-2557. We're talking about Jesus Revolution, getting your impressions of the movie. If you went, maybe you've got a story to tell about it. 888-528-2557. And what I'd like to ask is, how do we wash the feet of a generation that needs to come to Christ? Uh, Dustin in Covina, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hi, Dustin. Welcome. So uh, we have these things at church called family nights from time to time. Yeah. And um, this last Friday we had dinner, and then we took a little field trip to the movies, and we have a small church, but 72 of us went to go watch it, and uh, we really, really enjoyed it. Now, do you think that that movie and what you guys got out of it, will it change your church? You know, I hope so. Uh, we've, We've kind of been... You know, we're a small church, so like a lot of small churches, we've, we've struggled with um, having people come in and retaining them and, and so on and so forth. But um, but we're praying that we get a little bit more uh, assertive, for lack of better words, in our approach in bringing the gospel to the community and, um, and bringing people in and, you know, not doing the traditional looking for the young family type of thing, but just bringing in the people who are on the street, you know. And, um, and so we're praying that we get... We get better in doing so, and uh, and we certainly know that God's not waiting on us. I mean, I mean we're not waiting on God. God's kind of waiting on us to move. The, the hmm. harvest is, is ripe and it's ready. What so. do you do? You think that uh, your church will respond to that? I do. I think we're getting ready to. Um, you know, we're but we need we need to pray for laborers. That's one of the things that's been um, a bit difficult. Is you know, it's not not too hard to get people to come to have some dinner and enjoy some fellowship. Uh, it's not the easiest thing lately to get people to, you know, commit to the service. And uh, and so we're praying that the Lord can help us, help us get that going. Yeah. You know what? Uh, keep praying. And maybe as you go back, something that I would bring back to the conversation is, you know, if we're really focusing on discipleship, um, I think that the Spirit yeah. will move. Uh, especially reaching people who don't know Christ. You know, that's something that as a pastor for 25 years and growing up in a pastor's home, I've noticed that as soon as the focus gets on simple discipleship, suddenly the uh, workers show up. Uh, it gets yeah, really I, simple. I agree. I yeah. agree with that. We have a, we have a you know, a well-seasoned church, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, we're a little up there in age. And I think discipleship is something we've kind of taken for granted and not focused enough of real attention on it. And um, I know that that's been in our in our pastor meetings, you know, leadership meetings quite a bit is, you know, how do we get this thing going? Especially when there's not too many new people coming in, you know, you don't think, oh, well, we don't need discipleship. But, but we really do. We need it all of the time. Yeah. And we need to have people trained up and ready to disciple. 
Well, and uh, you know what, uh, Dustin? I'm going to pray for your church before you go. Can I do that? Oh, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, God, thank you for Dustin and his whole church, 72 people going and seeing this movie. And, God, I know that so many churches uh, have a desire to reach people, but they they don't know how, or they are uh, struggling to begin to even see what would need to happen. I pray for Dustin's church and churches like his that maybe this movie or something else would inspire them to keep it simple and make disciples of the people that you've you've put there. I pray that their hearts would be encouraged even as as seasoned people to realize that they are the church just like anyone else. They're not the church of the past, they're they're the church now. And that you can use old people and young people to share the gospel and that they have so much to offer this generation that needs them badly because they carry with them a wisdom that is so desperately needed today. I pray that you would send your spirit upon that church and encourage them to reach the people around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank All right, you so much. All right Dustin, you. God bless you and your church. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. And we're talking about Jesus Revolution, and I want to get your comments on it and how it might have inspired you, and uh, maybe how do we symbolically or, you know, practically speaking, wash the feet of a generation that does not feel welcome in church. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back for your calls as soon as I get back. Pastor Scott Furrow on the Monday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. That's a scene from Jesus Revolution. Tell us about it. It's a nice movie. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I mean, you're tearing up. I see you getting emotional. (laughs) What are are you feeling? (laughs) Can I play doctor? Uh, Yes, of course. Um, I, I, I love this movie. I really love it. When, my, when we first saw the first cut, uh, we sat down in our home, and, and Kate saw it. She said, oh, my God, it's the best thing I've ever done. She started crying. That was Kelsey Grammer on Kelly and Ryan program. You probably heard that. I've played that a couple times. I think it's just very moving the way he responds to this movie. He plays the role of Pastor Chuck Smith. And, you know, the idea where I think he said so, and she says, this is the best thing you've ever done. Um. I find that interesting because wouldn't you otherwise say the best thing you've ever done, Kelsey Grammer, is Cheers? I mean, it's an amazing show. And Frasier, maybe maybe that's better. I mean, there's there are things you could say in a career like his that from an you know, a an acting standpoint maybe is the better thing. But he's so moved by this. And, you know, I think people coming out of this movie, Christian and non Christian, are moved in different ways. You know, it's it's not a preachy movie. It's not a movie that um, you are maybe used to as a as a Christian. I think it's PG thirteen. It deals with some hard subjects in there because there's some drug use and other stuff. And it could have been R if they really got into some of the stuff that was going on in the lives of some people. Um, but you probably wouldn't go see it as a church. <laughs> we took seventy two. Well, I don't know. You went to see the uh, you went to go see um, Passion of the Christ which was, uh, you know, extremely violent and uh, well done. 
one of the scenes in it that was very moving was the feet washing scene where Pastor Chuck was washing the feet of hippies coming into the church, partly into response to church elders concerned that their bare feet were going to dirty up the new carpet. But I think also as an expression of the humility we're supposed to have as believers. What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. A question I've asked for you to call in about is, did you see the movie and what'd you think? 888-528-2557. And also, you know, how do we wash the feet of this generation today? 888-528-2557. Bill in Huntington Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, thanks, uh, Scott. Uh, I think that I can bring a little bit of um, – I could bring a couple points. Are you coming up on a break or something like that? Uh, no, we just got out of a break. So, okay. Uh, okay. you know, okay. we'll, we have some other calls to get Here's, to, but go ahead. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Um, I think that uh, Kelsey Grammer is right. I think – and I think Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis have said the same thing in that period, despite the turmoil. And there was and, – and the young people were optimistic. They grew up on, on television shows and things, you know, that uh, reflected the uh, – an intact family, the Donna Reed show, or Leave It to Beaver, that were good. And then, of course, they, they suffered a blow when President Kennedy was brutally murdered. His brother, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King's brother and his mother were killed, too. And um, and it was a whole Medgar Evers, and then Vietnam, yeah. Watergate. So I think that that really, um, you know, uh, was hit that generation hard. And then the deaths of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison and drugs. Now, despite all of that, the television shows and the movies back then had a quality that was made by pre-boomers, you know, the directors, the actors, you know, and so forth. And we still had civility and manners. And the music, which is reflected in the movie, you know, I just want to celebrate Rare Earth, Jesus is just all right with me. And uh, Soundtrack of the movie is great. Winter. Yeah, well, those songs all had an optimistic feel to them that you don't hear in music today. So there were, And Chuck Smith was born in 1927, so he was still part of a generation where, despite whatever was happening, he he had those old-school values of manners and politeness and consideration, even if he was dealing with some people in his age group that battled him. And that's what you don't have today. And you had a coach like John Wooden at the time, who was a Christian mm-hmm. who had great philosophy. The problem is we don't have mentors and people like that like we once had. And Pastor Steve Wilburn was talking about this yesterday, how the boomers and the older and the pre-boomers dropped the ball in the last generation. So for the first time in history, people are growing up and they don't have good parenting. Not that there weren't people who were dysfunctional before, but it wasn't to the degree that it is. And no mentoring, you know, a coach, a teacher. So this is the thing that we need to get back to. Our society has got to go back to the manners and the civility we had and reject the, the, the nasty attitude that was built up in the late 20th century into the 21st century, you know, like what Tom Wolfe called, the author called the me generation. That's what the boomers became. Because it, I don't know how you, if you see this, I, I, I just, I'm disturbed by this. Uh, people used to call people on the phone. They'd say, hi, how are you? Even before cell phones, they'd send someone a note of encouragement. They'd go visit people. And I think that that lack of warmth, the, the coldness has infected the church. And Dr. David yeah. Jeremiah, and um, and I'm closing here, and Michael Youssef have pointed out that we don't even say, people are not loyal anymore. They don't even say words like a thank you or, you know, I apologize or I'm sorry if they've hurt somebody. In other words, they call it end times behavior. So this is where I think we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We need to recapture some of those little social graces. I think that would make a big difference in, you, in many ways, don't you? Do you think you? we can get that back? Well, it's an attitudinal thing. Yeah. You know, it depends on, on whether people are so defeated that they can't believe that we can or we will. And 
our culture has become so negative, uh, you know, and 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 and, and, um, mm. and uh, what's the word? You know, toxic. Yeah. You know. Well, maybe. What, what do you think? What's I, your feeling? Well, you know what? I agree with that. I I feel like we and people can call and see if you agree with us that we maybe feel very beaten down by you know a culture that's pretty harsh, and it's gotten worse in particular with social media. But I I would. And maybe part of washing the feet of the next generation is that we remember that, you know what, we can be polite even if the world isn't polite to us. And Well, you're, I think you're right, and I, I, um, I, I sort of look at it this way. Uh, it's kind of like watching the president and the first lady get off Air, so Air Force One and drive, get in the limousine, and then moments later he's, he's murdered. It's like the, the optimism is like just filtered out. And there people are are grief stricken, and I sort of use that as an analogy of what's happened to our country yeah. and it's it's it really is very stark and it's sad and I think that um I think the the my generation the boomers talked about peace and love, but we ended up becoming cynical and jaded as we've gotten older, and we seem to just go along with everything after all on a closing note, back in those days, think of all the great comedians we had who were funny. Now we want to censor them. So we were a generation that talked of freedom of speech, and Greg Laurie's talked about this, and then now we're the first to support the cancel culture. And it's like, do you want to go back and censor all the funny comedians that used to do the Dean Martin roast? And how about Rowan and Martin's laugh? And it's like, if this is where we are, then we really are a failed generation. So we've got to let go of these attitudes that we've embraced that people did not believe in back then. You know what I'm saying? I do. And maybe, uh, and Bill, I appreciate your call in bringing that up. Maybe this is sure. a key to the the modern, what does it mean to wash feet today, what Bill is saying. like Because part of the feet washing, part of Jesus washing the disciples' feet was the incredible humility that he showed, right? That is part of the example, the humility and servanthood that Jesus was showing even for his disciples to do that. Uh, we don't really need to wash feet in a practical way as they did back then because most of us aren't barefoot. I guess that's a little different in Southern California. A lot of us are, but uh, I'm actually currently wearing shoes. But it is um, – maybe Bill is talking about you – know, he's talking about an era that I think we all agree is gone. However, and maybe if you're listening and you're younger and you're on social media, there's some very interesting movements. I just came across one yesterday it's called the traditional wife movement, and it's these women on uh, social media who are – they're really overdoing it kind of on the – on purpose, though, on the traditional wife thing and talking about why it's not controlling and it's – and they're taking care of the home basically. And they're, they're making food and they're giving recipes out and they're almost dressing like they're in the 1950s. But these are 20-year-old women. And they're not all Christians or all doing it for religious purposes. What they're saying is that, you know, maybe there is something to gender roles. It's sort of the opposite. And it's highly controversial, right? Because that kind of thing has been beat out of us. Uh, we've kind of wanted to reverse the roles, right? And the men should go find their feminine side and, and all of this. And we did. That's uh, part of the problem, uh, I think. Maybe what this is about, maybe part of washing the feet is that we develop in the church the confidence to humble ourselves and love people by showing them a way of life that works. Because isn't that a lot of the problem is that so many people are going down a road that just doesn't work for them. Where you, my first ministry was young adult ministry, and I think it's a lot worse now, but back then even some of the problem was getting out of college age 
or, you know, or turning 22, 23 and realizing the money I'm making is not enough money. And the career I picked is not at all what I thought it was because I was looking at a TV show and I found out my job is mostly paperwork, right? And it became something called the quarter life crisis that people have. And part of the quarter life crisis today is you have to undo so many things that you learn uh, in order to function in the world the way it really is. I think as as believers, we've got something with that with the gospel. I also think generationally, we talked to another caller about his church that was mostly seasoned. He said, older people, if you're older and you're listening to this, do you remember those times? Do you feel like you've just had that beat out of you that nobody cares? I'll bet that people care. I will bet. In fact, I'll tell you that they do care, that you do not need to be cool or accepted. You need to be available and authentic. And when you are, I think that young people will flock to you and you got to give up some stuff. You got to give up maybe your way of doing church or your opinions about music or some other things, but you've got a story to tell about what Jesus has done in your life and it's impactful. I really believe it is. 888-528-2557 is the number. Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Gloria in West Covina, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon. Blessings to you, Pastor. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Yeah. So you went and saw Jesus Revolution, and uh, you went with a friend. How'd it go? I went with a friend, and we were both remembering the stupid choices that we made in in the psychedelic drugs and getting high. I was there. Hmm. And um, I remember just not knowing God and all the foolishness that I participated in. And the movie just brought back all that memory about, you know, how careless we were and how free we were or so we thought we were free, that we really were in a, in a, in a yeah. type of bondage to all the drugs and all the... But you remembered the freedom that you had from that in Christ. I remember the freedom I did. Do you and, think do you think you know, this translates? And, do you think I'm this sorry? Would, do you think that feeling that you have and that understanding you got from the film would it translate into the culture today? Would you be able to share that story with somebody who also feels lost uh, or enslaved? I do. I do and I do share my story with different people. Um this particular story I haven't shared because it's never come up. But my daughter bought us tickets to go watch the movie, and we watched it, and we sang, and we cried. Uh The way that we reach the next generation is by loving on them and the outreach that you do from our church. Um, We talk to a lot of the young people, Mm -hmm. the homeless people. There's so many young homeless people, Pastor. Yep, there are a lot of very, very young. Yeah. Gloria, I've got to go to a break, but I want to encourage you to tell your story, you know, uh, I and to let people know the freedom you have. I think that your understanding of this is something that people need to hear. Where I come to this God, and if we could, you know, we would need God. Yeah. But we need God. We yeah. need God, so... All right, Gloria, I've got to go to a break, but I appreciate that story. I want to encourage you to, to talk about it with people, all right? Uh, this is Southern California Live. When we come back, I'll take your calls. We're talking about Jesus Revolution. How do we reach this generation in the way they did in that film? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned.
This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Scott Furrow here with you, Southern California Live. We're talking about Jesus Revolution and your response to the movie in particular. You can call about any response you had to it if you went to see it. I want to encourage you to go see it. Made a lot of money this weekend, which is good news because that means it's going to stick around in theaters a lot longer. Um, and that's really good news. You're going to have a couple more weeks to see it, at least, I think, up until March 8th. And then it'll be uh, again back in theaters around uh, Palm Sunday, maybe through Easter and maybe in between. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing on my app right now. Um, that's really, really good news. 888-528-2557. There's a, there's a feet washing scene in the movie that I thought was particularly profound. And I'm asking this question also, how do we, from a practical standpoint, wash the feet of this generation? Uh, Groups of people who may not have felt welcome to come to church or who don't go to church, how do we do it? In the movie, there's there's washing of the feet, which is, you know, certainly the symbolic of, you know, symbol of what Jesus did. But also, just like Jesus at the time of the disciples whose feet were dirty, they needed washing— the hippies' feet needed washing. That was part of the issue in the movie. You know, today, probably most people are wearing shoes. Maybe they're tracking stuff into your church, and maybe feet washing uh, is still something that's powerful. Um, but maybe there is a way to do it for this generation that would be very practical for 2023. 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Scott. Ted, City of the Angels. Hi, Ted. I just want to touch how are you, sir? I'm good. You running for president yet? You know, only only if you're going to represent me. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> That's progress then. So, see, you, you're tempted now. It, oh, well, I mean, you know, I look presidential, but that you still got to have the credentials. So that, that would be up to God. Oh, do you? I don't know if but, you need that. You just got to be 35 and born here. That's it. Oh, wow. See, wow. that's that's the credentials. Okay, okay go ahead, Ted. Yeah. Uh, well, I just want to touch uh, on, you know, I grew up with suit and tie Christianity, and I truly believe that, you know, um, you're what, uh, Christ Christ says, come as you are, but I don't believe you should stay as you are, and we should always be open to everybody, and if you need to get rid of the carpet and make it more, you know, so it doesn't matter if it gets dirty, you could just mop it and make that more open, but I believe that all churches should have a night where open to everybody that's existing in there and people that are coming in on what would make you more comfortable. You know, I mean, Pastor C. Wilburn is very gifted and, you know, he looks like a rock star, but at the same time, he's complimenting you on your suit because I like suits. Uh-huh. And I think the most, the most love I ever got, um, Pastor, was when uh, it was after we had some traumatic shootings in, in churches in the United States. I think it was, I don't know, it was a few years ago. And I like running into the fire. So I went into South Central. I love going into South Central, you know, um, West Angeles Church of God, you know, um, Crenshaw Christian Center. But I went to one in Inglewood, and I and I walked in, and it's, you know, African-American uh, church, and, uh, you know, I'm European-American. And I walk in, and I had my suit with my Stacey Adams pinstripe suit, and uh, but I didn't have a tie. And... I got started to get talking to them, and, and uh, this man started fixing my collar, and he said, you know, it'd be nice if you had a tie with this. And I and I felt so much love, 
you know. So, you know, just because you come in dirty doesn't mean that you should stay there. And I always had the most uh, um, respect for the people because they didn't just look correct. They were acting correct. So I really believe that when you dress properly, it changes you. Hmm. It changes you. It's like I'm not going to go on a football field and have different colored socks. I'm going to want to look like the, the rest of the team. I want to look like uh, a, a clean uh, there, machine. There's probably a way to do that, though, if you're going to do that in a loving way versus in a condescending way. Right. I, Amen. I, I mean, I would say, uh, you know, I give people the advice all the time. You got to, uh, uh, you know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Right. If you want to. And it works. Amen. That's why I'm in a Batman outfit right now. Uh <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Hey, Ted, thank you for your call. I want to go on to some other people here before we run out of time. Uh, 888-528-2557. Janet in Montclair. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Um, This is something that just popped into my head, but um, I think one way to metaphorically wash people's feet is to listen to them. And um, I know that, that they need more than that because you know, they need an encounter with the power and love of God. But I know that when someone, um, <laughs> my voice is shaking. I'm That's sorry. okay. I know that when someone um, shows genuine interest in me and what I have to say, that I feel incredibly valued. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, Janet, that's a great comment. I think, Janet, that, um, did you see the movie? No, not yet. <laughs> you know, I think that, that's part of why things happened in the movie is that Pastor Chuck decided to listen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helped him understand. And I think that is something that is a great point, Janet, that we need to to be able to listen to people who maybe aren't in the church for some, maybe there's a reason. Some people that just reject Christ, that's the reason. But other people, I think, need to be uh, listened to, and that helps us respond with the love of Christ. And Jesus did that. He listened. Mm-hmm. Um, listening doesn't mean compromise, but it, it, up, it, it lifts up the person who you're listening to, to look at them in the eye and hear what they're saying, even if you don't agree. Yeah, and even not necessarily about um, religion or philosophical things, but just about what's going on in their life. About who they are. And um, it matters a lot. Uh, Janet, I think that's a, a great question. Hey, Janet, can I send you a, a mug, a Southern California live mug? Sure. Would you hold, will you hold on? We'll get your address and I'll mail you a mug. Okay, thank All right. you. Wilbert uh, is going to answer the call here in just a second. All right, 888-528-2557. Dan and Rancho Santa Margarita, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I've been inspired by all of this, and I'm inspired by the lady that brought 32 people alive yeah. to a birthday party or something. That's pretty amazing. I was just thinking, I wanted to put out a challenge to all of the small group leaders of all the churches we have in Southern California and that. All the small group leaders um, that are in high school, do high school small group, that do junior high small group. This movie is very touching, and I think it can teach a lot, and I think it's a great evangel- evangelistic tool. And I was just thinking, I think we're at a unique moment here. I think kind of like what you were, you mentioned earlier about the Passion of the Christ, churches got behind that movie. I remember going with my church, and we had 
I don't know. I think there's like a thousand people that went uh, to the theater that week. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I'm just saying, um, I think this is a unique tool that we have here. And I think that a lot of kids, and if they went on Tuesday night at Regal Cinema, well, that's, that's half price night, half price for a ticket on Tuesday night at Regal. And you get uh, half, half, half price on popcorn as well as a ticket. I think it's affordable. Maybe there's some people that might want to sponsor. Yeah, or maybe you pay for somebody else's ticket, right? You know, uh, well, yeah. Dan, I'm running out of time. But, you know, I think that that I would agree that small groups should go. And then they should go back and discuss, hey, what do we do? We, meaning those of us in the small group who went, um, to demonstrate the love that we saw in that movie. Uh, I think a mistake. Absolutely. I think maybe a mistake we make is we go back and we say, "What can the pastor do? What does the church right. government need to do?" Right? Your pastor, I think, is probably begging you to do this, <laughs> and maybe right. you know it's some. But he's so busy with other stuff. We're all the church. We're you know we're. I believe in the priesthood of the believers, and part of being that priest is that you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and minister to the people that God has placed in your life. And I think uh, absolutely. Let's imagine if all challenge. of our small you, groups went and did that. Right. And maybe they could even do a preview, uh, talk to their small group before they go in, give them an idea what the movie is about and just get them to thinking, you know, like what, what we said the other day. Who are the hippies in 2023 that we should be reaching out to and yep. love despite their sin? Who should we be loving? Maybe whose feet should they be And how do we, and yeah, the, and I'm running out of time here, Dan, but the, the feet washing is such a great thing because when we say who are the hippies, we've got to remember that to them, we're the hippies, right? To them, you know, we have to humble ourselves, I think, like Jesus right. did in order to do this. Uh, Dan, thanks for your call. And um, uh, let's see, JB, I got like 10 seconds for you, JB, Sunset Beach. Hey, how you doing? Real quick, Jay, uh, doing fine. What do you think yeah, about the movie? I, 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 oh, man, I loved it. It was great. It reminded me of, uh, I grew up in SoCal, so seeing Pirates Cove and Newport Beach, you know, it was great. And it's, I just felt the Holy Spirit. I was with my daughter holding hands, and we cried. It mm. was a beautiful thing. All right, JB, thanks for calling. We are out of time today, but I want to encourage you to see the movie. Take Go again with somebody and go have a conversation about it. Maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to actually do something different. I think maybe he is. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Have a great evening, everyone. Drive safe. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.